0: it's podcasting time i'm jonathan isaacson and i'm just another jerk with a podcast that no one will listen to probably and i want to talk about a question that you might be wondering about maybe not maybe you don't give a rip but maybe some of you do wonder as i said in episode one i live in japan i'm an immigrant which is something you don't hear a lot of white people especially white Americans. Say a lot. The term we hear a lot more is expat, which I mean there there are lots of things we could talk about. With that I mean expat or expatriate, which according to Oxford is a person who lives outside their native country. Uh, according to Webster, it's living in a foreign land, and those are certainly true of me um, and most people who call themselves expats. Though those do apply. Whereas immigrant, uh, according to Web, uh, sorry not Webster, according to Oxford. Uh, dictionary a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country or according to Webster one that immigrates such as a a person who comes to a country to take up permanent residence and those certainly apply to me and with these terms it's kind of interesting because expat expatriate um, originally tended to mean someone who's in exile but has obviously changed meaning a lot. Um, and now kind of just means someone who moves to another country, maybe short term, maybe long term, probably white, um, European, white European, probably Western European um, or American, white American kind of tend to be the, the most common usages of expat or expatriate. But no, I'm an immigrant. I say I I moved to Japan. I stay in Japan. I live in Japan, probably long term. So, uh, like I say, I'm an immigrant. But um, uh, so yeah, what was I talking about? Oh right, Uh, the question at the heart of today's episode. I'm an immigrant to Japan, and I moved here back in 2004, and I've lived here ever since. I have permanent residency. I have a family. I'm an immigrant in every sense of the word. And a question that a lot of people have, or a lot of people might have, I should say, is why Japan? I mean, it's a culture that's very different from the US, and Western European culture, which of course is pretty similar to the American culture. Not the same, but enough similarities that Americans, go, Americans can go to uh, Western Europe and not feel completely out of place. But yeah, so the Japanese culture, very different from that of the U.S. The language is so far removed from English. I mean, it's often cited as one of the most difficult languages for a native English speaker to learn. Um, That's a topic that, I I mean, maybe I have my own thoughts about that. And maybe I can talk about that some other day, but not today. But yeah, why Japan? Well, let's, let's go back in our little time machine, and let's go back to the mid-aughts. So, when I came to Japan, 2004, Japan, I mean, sure, it was kind of beginning to have a, this kind of popular, this cultural boom, but that wasn't me. Um, I really had no interest in Japanese pop culture. I didn't know anything really about Japanese anime. Um, I mean, I knew that that you had some on American TV. You had Sailor Moon. Uh, you had uh, some of the Dragon Ball stuff. I can't tell you which Dragon Ball series it was that American TV played when I was God, probably a high school student, senior high school student. But like I said, that just really wasn't my interest. Um, there were a few Japanese... Musicians that I was kind of into, not mainstream stuff. Um, Ken Ishii and Cornelius, to name two, really kind of obscure even in Japan. But within the the, like the field of within the areas of music that I like, the genres that I was into, they were kind of not big names, but they they were known. So that was kind of, but really that was kind of it for me in Japanese culture. There was nothing I was really that into about Japan. So my interest in Japan really started with university. So when I went to university, I started out as a music major, went for a year, transferred schools halfway through my first, okay, transferred schools. Well, I left, I left my first university after one semester because I was miserable, went to community college for one more semester, and then transferred to my second university, full university, which is where I got my uh, undergraduate degree from. Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin. Go Vikings! Um, and like I say, I, I was I was a music major. I was a trumpet major. I played the trumpet. I was I was good at it, but not good enough. And I also had too many interests. So I got to Lawrence University. I had decided, okay, trumpet's not for me anymore. I love music, but not enough to commit my entire life every single day, all day to just music, because that's kind of what you have to do if you want to make it in the music world. It's a tough, tough business to be in. Um, And so I switched majors. Now, I wasn't sure at first what I wanted to do. Um, I had taken a, let's see, which what did I take first? I think I took um, East Asian culture, history and culture, I think kind of a Early Modern, and I really liked it. It was a good, interesting course. I liked the professor. And so I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to take history. Um, Now, my grandfather was a history professor at uh, Peabody College in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which is now part of Vanderbilt University. Uh, It's their education department at Vanderbilt. And my, my grandfather was a history professor at Peabody. And so I grew up. My mother loves history. I grew up kind of getting that from my mother, from my grandfather. Yeah, history's cool. We like history. We stop at historical monuments. We go to see the cool things. We saw goodness knows how many different uh, Civil War sites and things we saw growing up, going on trips down to visit my grandparents in Nashville, because obviously Tennessee, you got you got a lot of choices for your. Uh, Civil War monuments and Civil War battlefields and whatnot you can go to. So I decided, okay, history, sure, that sounds like an interesting major, but what do you do with a history major? It's not the most obvious major to choose if you want to be employable. Now, obviously, I went to a liberal arts school, so it's not necessarily what your major is, it's learning how to learn, how to be a productive, in, in inquisitive person. That's kind of what liberal arts is. It's not necessarily what you're learning; it's how you're learning. That's as important. And so, I really, I believe that that's very important. But with a history degree, I mean, what what was I going to do? I wasn't sure. You know, I had some thoughts, maybe end up kind of i was interested maybe looking at a museum kind of getting involved with some sort of preservation work things like that maybe it would be interesting but i I really really wasn't sure um so i was going to figure kind of play it by ear once i graduated but um okay i guess before i graduated we should go back a little bit and my uh my advisor professor derringer great guy he was he was my asian history professor he was the the guy who taught me the uh Early modern uh, Asian civilizations and cultures. Interesting course, and really interesting teacher. He taught. His teaching style was much more. You you felt like you were listening to a storyteller, very very gentle voice, but very interesting the way he told the story of a, of Chinese history and Japanese history, Korean history, and. So I asked him to be my advisor, and he said, "Okay, that's fine." And so. Uh, he suggested, bef- end of my sophomore year, be- before my junior year, my third year of university, that I might consider being a roommate for a student coming from Waseda. Now, Waseda is one of the most prestigious universities in Japan. It's at the very top of the private university list. Um, in Japan, the most prestigious universities are all public universities. Tokyo University, Kyoto University, uh, Tohoku University here in Sendai, where I live, is also very high on the list. But these are all public national universities. Waseda is one of the very top private universities, so still like top 10 in the country. Still very, very good school. And at that time, Waseda had this program where they were sending some students to a school in the U.S. for one year. And my university, Lawrence University, was one of four schools at that time that they were sending students to. So my advisor, Professor Deringer, suggested, hey, what do you think? Do you want to be a roommate for a Waseda student? And I said, okay, sure, why not? And so I applied for that and got accepted. And so my junior year, my third year of university, I was a roommate with a student from wasta university um Kotoro, his interesting guy really um yeah he had his quirks but he was he was really nice I was, we had a really good year together living uh, up there on the fourth floor of brokaw hall and it was uh a, it was kind of a defining moment for me um at the same time our university had gotten a grant from the freeman foundation and the Freeman Foundation kind of promotes East Asian uh, courses and programs in American universities. And we had gotten a grant. So we had, up to that point, my university had had, had uh, Chinese courses, Chinese language courses. And with this Freeman Foundation, we were able to also start Japanese courses. And so I figured, okay, I have my roommates going to be coming from Japan, his English is is good enough to be not full-time regular international student but one-year exchange student with language support so i decided i was going to be a roommate so i should also make the effort to learn even just a little bit of japanese kind of a, a good faith a, sh- a show of good faith and so i started taking the japanese language courses and i enjoyed them they were fun uh, we had a small group there i think There were fewer than 10 of us in the class. It was a new program, so we had a brand new professor. It was was a lot of fun, Um, Professor Yamagata. She was also kind of crazy, but she was a good teacher. We learned a lot. We had a good time. I mean, if it weren't for her and Professor Derringer, my advisor, I wouldn't be here today. So, like I said, I took the Japanese language courses, and... Both my advisor and my Japanese professor recommended the JET program. Now, if you don't know the JET program, it's this program where the Japanese government has set up this system where they invite young, mostly recent graduates from English-speaking countries. Or if you have a high enough language, English language ability, based on probably some testing and whatnot you can get accepted from other countries but it's primarily the u.s england australia new zealand canada south africa i'm trying to think of any others but there, there are probably a few others so those are the ones off the top of my head that i can think of because i know people from those countries and so i joined the jet program i applied and when i applied i didn't mark any preference of where I went in the country because I didn't really know much about Japanese geography I didn't know the good places I didn't know the places I wanted to be there was nothing I had specific that I said okay I want to be in this place um, and I really didn't care if I was in the big city in fact I, I on I didn't really think about it on to be honest you know I wasn't settled I have to be in Tokyo I have to be in Osaka I didn't I didn't feel that way so I said, when I, put, when I filled out my application, anywhere in the country is fine. I got accepted, and they assigned me to Akita. Now, most of you probably have never heard of Akita, Japan. You might have heard of Akita dogs, Akita Inu, because that's where they come from. Um, if you've heard the story of Hachiko, the faithful dog, he's an Akita Inu. He was actually, that dog was born in Akita Prefecture, the area of Japan where I was moving to. My professor, uh, my Japanese professor, Professor Yamagata, she laughed when she saw that I was going to Akita because Akita is, it's in Japanese, they would say Inaka, which is countryside. And it really is off the beaten path. It's, if you're a tourist, you're not probably going to Akita especially if it's your first, second, third, maybe even fourth time to Japan, you're probably not going to Akita unless you have a reason. So my Japanese professor, Professor Yamagata, she laughed. I think she was probably a big city girl growing up. I think she'd maybe the Tokyo area. So for her, it was like, oh yeah, you're going to, you know, the middle of nowhere in Japan. But honestly, it was one of the best things that's probably ever happened to me. So I get to Akita, it's this small town. Um, it's called Kisakata. and it's on the coast of it's on the west coast of Japan, the Sea of Japan side of the country. And I was in this small town called Kisakata. Now Kisakata no longer exists as its own municipality. It merged with two other uh, neighboring uh, small towns into a city called Nikoho. That's another story doesn't really not really important, not relevant. but so like I say I was in Kisakata it still exists as an area within Nikoho, but say small town on the coast of the Sea of Japan right by this big beautiful mountain Mount Chokai. lovely mountain I've been up at five six times at this point. I love it and I ended up loving Kisakata. like I I think I mentioned in my uh, first podcast, I intended to be there two, maybe three years. I knew one year was too short. But I figured two years, three years, the limit of the jet program would probably be enough. So I get to Kisakata, and Kisakata, due to its location with the mountain kind of on one side, the Sea of Japan on the other side, and it's right on the border with the prefecture south of Akita. It's on the border of Yamagata. No relation to my Japanese professor. Just happens to have the same name. So we're right on the border. So we're on as I'm as far south, west in Akita as I can be. And that kind of isolated me from the other jets, the other people in the jet uh, program in Akita. And in the uh, jet program, people are typically kind of grouped by their prefectures, and being somewhat isolated both geographically and just kind of community-wise, I ended up spending most of my time in Kisakata, which was great because I ended up doing mountain biking. I'd always liked bicycles, but never, like, been really, really serious about it. Kisakata had a mountain biking ride every year. So I ended up joining that. Great times. Met great people riding bikes. Um, it Where I was was pretty good for winter sports. Um... With my job, I usually got off by 4 o'clock, sometimes even earlier. So I could, in the winter, get home, 4 o'clock, maybe 5 o'clock at the latest, grab my snowboard, throw it in my car, drive out less than an hour to a reason, not a big ski area, but a, an okay ski area that had night skiing. So great. Great way to spend my, my, uh, my, my spare time in the winters. There was a very nice bar. Near the station, the train station in my town, the Jolly Roger pirate-themed bar in small town of Japan, love it. Ended up going to the Jolly Roger almost every weekend. Made a lot of really good friends at the Jolly Roger. I ended up joining a band with a couple of the other regulars at the Jolly Roger. We band Drunken Monkey Drunken Monkey Technique. So we're primarily cover band, but we had a lot of fun, and we played shows at the Jolly Roger. Great, work kind of sucked. Three days a week at the junior high school. Admittedly, that was probably at least partially my fault. I wasn't very assertive and saying, "Hey, I want more to do. What can I do?" I didn't ask those kind of questions. I mean, I was new. I'd never taught in my life, um, and that's kind of one of the problems with the jet program. Is that it, it doesn't bring in qualified teachers. It just brings in graduates, university graduates. So I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. So. I could have asked more questions. I could have said, hey, let me do something. But I didn't. And that was that's partially on me. But at the same time, the teachers at the junior high school didn't seem to want me to help in the classes. Because that's kind of what you do in the JET program. You're an assistant language teacher. You're supposed to go in there and help teach these Japanese kids English. And often it ends up being the human tape recorder, which... At this point, it could be a human CD player or human MP3 player. Um, but that's kind of the joke among the, the ALT communities, that you're often the human tape recorder. I didn't even get to do that most of the time. Most of the time, I just sat in the office, didn't do much. So three days a week at the junior high school, really boring, kind of awful. But two days a week, I got to go to two of the small elementary schools in town, and I had a lot of fun at those. And they... the elementary school teachers gave me a lot more free reign because they weren't English teachers. They were just elementary school teachers, general teachers. So most of them didn't really know much about English, didn't have great English skills, but they were expected to give some English education to their, their students. So they just kind of said, here, Jonathan, can you do something? I said, sure, great, let me do it. So I did that, had a lot of fun. And so... Like I say, <clears throat> work was not the greatest, but there were a lot of other great things in Kisakata. So I ended up loving the place. And I still go back there at least once a year uh, for a mountain bike ride. And it's and now that I, I, I'm back in Tohoku, back in northern Japan, I'm close enough that it's possible to go to Kisakata for a day trip which my family's done once so far since so we moved in the past year and hopefully we'll do it again this year so like I said earlier I mean I, I was never really into Japanese pop culture those are really that really wasn't my thing I came to Japan knowing more about the his history the traditional culture of japan much more so than pop culture i wasn't into anime i wasn't into cosplay that kind of stuff like wasn't kind of my thing i i didn't i didn't really know anything about it or care about it and i still don't to this day it's nothing i really am interested in so like i say i'm in japan and three years come and go and that was the end of my contract in the jet program i couldn't renew anymore Uh, I think now you can be a jet for five years, but at the time I was there, it was just beginning to do that, and my city didn't have the five-year contracts. Three years was your maximum. And say three years are finished, and while there were boring times at work, but of course some good times, especially the elementary schools, and there was real heartbreak, there was a big thing where, yeah, all that, but... All in all, I loved Akita and, by extension, Japan. And I knew that three years, it wasn't enough. I wasn't ready to head back to the U.S. And, I mean, incidentally, I mean, I recall my mother telling me several years later that she had figured out pretty early on that there was a good chance that I wasn't going to be moving back to the U.S. anytime soon, if at all. And she was, as moms often are, one hundred percent correct about this. So, like I say, I knew three years—not enough time. One thing I knew that I wanted—the one thing I knew about me staying in Japan—is that I wanted to stay in northern Japan, Tohoku, which is the northern six prefectures of uh, Honshu. Which is so, if you look at Japan. Japan is four big islands with lots of little small islands. There's Hokkaido in the very far north. Honshu, which is the biggest island of, of Japan. And that's where um, Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, they're all on Honshu. Honshu's the biggest island. and You've got two big islands in the south. You have Kyushu and Shikoku. Those are the four big islands. Tohoku is the northern six prefectures of Honshu. So you have Aomori, Akita, Iwate, Yamagata, Miyagi, Fukushima. It's the northern part of Honshu. And it's kind of considered real inaka, real... It's the sticks of Japan. It's lots of mountains, not a lot of people. And Hokkaido is even more so. Um, It's got... Hokkaido has Sapporo, but it's a lot of mountains and even fewer people than tohoku so i knew that i wanted to stay in northern japan tohoku or hokkaido while i lived in akita which again that's tohoku when i lived in akita i had visited hakodate which is the southernmost city in hokkaido so i had visited i had visited hakodate during my time in Akita, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a a lovely city. Um, It's famous for its night view. If you ever get a chance, look up Hakodate, uh, night view on Google or something. Look for an image. It's this beautiful kind of hourglass shape because it's this this little tiny isthmus or peninsula. I I don't know how exactly it's classified um, by a geologist, but it's this, it's this very interesting shape that you can see from the top of Mount Hakodate, which is an extinct volcano from however many million years ago. There's, it's, it's, not, there's no, it's extinct. There's no chance of it erupting ever again. But it's this mountain, and it's kind of connected to the mainland by this thin strip of land. And that's kind of central Hakodate. Well, the traditional, the old downtown, new downtown's kind of moved out further back in inland, but Hakodate, this beautiful city. Um, it's, I can talk about that again some other day, because I, I ended up living in Hakodate because I found a job in Hakodate after my time in Akita was up. It was teaching at Kaiwa, which is an English conversation school, which is a very common job for foreigners in Japan. And so I did my two and a half years at Aikaiwa, and I i mean, I'm glad I did it because of what came out of me living in Hakodate, but I will be glad to never teach Aikaiwa again in my life. My personal preference, I just don't, it's not the kind of teaching I like. Um, listening to a lot of middle-aged and older women talking about their life is not most exciting for me. I mean, for maybe for some people, they have more fun with it, and it's it just not wasn't for me. But um, while I was teaching at that a Kiowa, that that English conversation school, I had two university classes every week, Monday and Friday mornings, and I realized, hey, I like teaching university students. This is an age group I like to work with, and so I went on later i got my master's ended up teaching and now i'm teaching university i'm hoping to get tenure soon keep fingers crossed knock on wood all that um but so that that starts in hakodate my my uh finding university as oh this is a this is a job i could do this is a job i like doing um and another thing that happened in hakodate is i met the woman who would later become my wife So Hakodate obviously had a lot of good things for me. Um, My wife is from Hakodate, so we still go there pretty frequently, uh, visit her parents. And so obviously you can tell, here I am 16 laters, 16 16 years later, uh, I'm still here in Japan. I lived in Hokkaido for, what, uh, let's see, two and a half, almost three years in Hakodate, five years, so almost eight years in Hokkaido. Loved it. Wished I didn't have to move out, but circumstances dictated that they're just that, that had to happen. Uh, couldn't find a job in Hokkaido anymore because when people find their jobs in Hokkaido, they don't want to leave them if they like the jobs because it's a nice place to live so Hakodate, Sapporo, eight years, great times, jobs, took me to Tokyo area, lived there for four years, and both my wife and I, we weren't really feeling it, we weren't in Tokyo proper, we were outside of it, in Saitama Prefecture, in a city called uh, Kawagoe, which is Pretty famous in within Japan for having a very old traditional downtown area. Lots of the old wooden structures and things that are, I mean, they're beautiful. But man, is it crowded! Just so many people, and that's kind of true of all of the Tokyo area, which is, which is why we didn't like it. Just it wasn't our it wasn't our cup of tea. You know, I guess we're we're kind of yokels. You know, we prefer smaller town life, um, not teeny tiny. But I think at this point, we would be okay with teeny tiny life, but a uh, teeny tiny town life, I should say. But uh, job-wise, that's not the greatest move. So we are back in Tohoku, which is, again, though that northern part of Honshu, the northern part of the big island of Japan. And I'm teaching university, hoping, like I say, for tenure. And we'll see. And hopefully that will give me and my family a, a permanent stable life that's what we're hoping for well that's all for me i am your i've been your host jonathan isaacson and i am just another jerk with a podcast in japan and if you have questions if you have things you'd like to ask me about living in japan about teaching english about really anything uh you can always send me an email at just another jerk podcast at gmail.com. That's one more time just another jerk podcast, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, nothing at gmail.com. And hope you keep listening and see you next time.